0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to talk about Tiny Little Slug. Mmm. A captivating name, Bode. You know, normally before we start <laughs> these shows, uh, I, I like to think of a cool topic, a, a topic of banter around the subject of the, the theme of the game. I'm, I'm, I've got nothing this week. I've got yeah. nothing to talk about. My slug knowledge is somewhat limited. You know the um, uh, the COVID has turned me into a, a not tiny slug as I <laughs> as I slither around the house like back and forth to the kitchen. Basically, is what I've done. Are you one of these types of people that uh, things like slugs and snails do they sort of freak you out? That make right, you shiver.
2: The, they're gross, weird little slimy things. I yeah. don't like them. I don't like to look at them. You know how some kids like to like pour salt on them and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I, I none of that. I don't. I don't do yeah. any of that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was that was something that I, used to thrill me as a child, and now I feel somewhat ashamed. Uh, the you know, the, the massacre of slugs that I used to you know incur upon them with a the, with the jar of salt. Uh, where do you stand on escargot? I stand firmly away from it, boat.
1: Hmm. Uh,
2: no, no, that's a no, no, no. Have you ever tried it? No, I'm not going to. Okay, know. it, it so could they're, take they're... like it could taste like pizza pie. I don't care. Escargot, any sort of insect-related food items. Like, one time, somebody was like, hey, eat this food. And it was like chocolate-covered ants. You mm-hmm. ever had these? That's a no, thing. No, i never had those. They're crunchy, weird okay. chocolate things. No. No. None of that. <laughs> I know that's a delicacy in some countries, but out here in America, we're not eating that stuff. So unless I'm forced to eat it, then I, or worms... Some people eat worms. Not me. I don't. Did not, you
0: ever? Did you ever read the book How to Eat Fried Worms? Ab- that's
2: the first thing I thought of when I said worms. It Was that book? I read the heck out of that book. That was a Judy Bloom book. Yeah, yeah. I loved her stuff. And uh, yeah, I read that one. It was. Uh, uh, it, it's funny the plot of that book. At the end, the kid eating the worms is sort of like the uh, triumphant uh, uh, star of the book, and he ends the book by not being able to quit eating worms. That he just, he just to myself, keeps that's on a weird going. In the book.
0: It is a yeah. Um, it's funny how we we're, we're ten years apart, yet that book unites us. If, I've read the, I've I read most of the Judy Bloom uh, like uh, authorship.
2: From back in the day, I, I, um, she may have written hundred books when I stopped reading them, but I read, mm-hmm. I, I read an awful lot of them. You know, I don't yeah. know what it was. They spoke to you as a young person, I think.
0: They a, did, they did. Super fudge. Yeah, uh, right down Yeah, yeah. Tells the fourth uh,
2: grade nothing. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. I read all those.
0: Then again, maybe I won't. Yep. Yeah, some of those books got a little racy, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, they did. I learned stuff, and that I didn't know. Yeah, know? me
0: too. Me but, too. But uh,
2: I think that's sort of what they were there for. You know, there's, there's a uh, there was a subculture that did not like her stuff. I don't know if they still exist, but I remember hearing people, you know, deride her. But I mean, I liked it. I thought, yeah. and I thought she uh, she had a, she was good at communicating with people about our age. You know. Yeah. And yeah. uh, um, and they were entertaining, you know. So yeah, I, I read them all though, man. It took me back. But all that said, I never, after re- reading the worms one, decided to go out and try eating worms.
0: Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. Not okay. yet, at least. Mm-hmm. Aaron, let's talk about what's been going on in the Amigos Amiga scene. What's been going on on our uh, YouTube channel this week? We've had a, we've had a, a pretty good
2: uh, uh, allotment of goodies up this week. Um, let's start off, boat. With now, boat. You put up. You did a couple. Uh, this took me off guard, frankly, was your uh, R. Sinclair sort of reboot. Can you, you want to talk about your uh, first offering here, which is Frankenstein Jr.?
0: Yeah, well, you know, every once in a while I glance over to my right and I see the thousands of Spectrum tapes that have been sent to us by many listeners over the year, most notably uh, Roshi. And I thought, well, I want to do something with these. Um, and since R. Sinclair is sort of on hiatus for the time being, Why don't I just uh, use my new camera gimmick to show the packaging, to open them up, to look at the instructions, and then just play them for a couple minutes? So these are like little bite-sized ZX Spectrum reviews. We started with Frankenstein Junior. I basically just talk about the packaging, I open it up, read through the instructions, and then I I give the game a, a play. You know, I play it for you know five or six minutes, and I really like this format. It's it's kind of fun. It gives you a taste. Of, of some of these games that I don't think Clive's Club was necessarily on the cusp of picking anyway. Uh, Frankenstein Jr. is is probably no all-time classic for the system, but it was a lot of fun, and uh, and, I, and I enjoyed doing it. So be on the lookout. There's a couple more I've got uh, locked and loaded for the next couple of weeks. We'll release these about once a week, and uh, every couple of weeks I'll just record another set. You can see me record these live on Twitch, by the way. Uh, what I do is I usually record three or four of them in a row and then release them piecemeal on YouTube.
2: Yeah, I, I was actually watching you do this live, I believe, when you did that bunch. It was pretty, it was inner surprise, but entertaining. I, I think it's good that you're getting into it. And I can tell you when I get my, uh, expansion for the end Amiga that gives me the ability to, uh, play all the Spectrum stuff, I will probably jump in head first, because I've got a bunch of tapes over here too, Bo, that I haven't played Cool. With, so will cool. be fun. Um, let's talk about last week's ARG. Uh, some people actually watched this once. So that was good. This was the, uh, week we talked about the Game Gear. It came back up on the Retro Rewind, and, uh... We actually played two games uh, from the Game Gear that involved Sonic the Hedgehog. I didn't realize it, boat, but there were ten games released that were related to the Sonic universe on the uh, Game Gear. So they were really toting their own—they were towing their own boat here with the best thing they had, which was Sonic at the time.
0: It's a smart move.
2: Yeah, it was. And but I mean, of course, you're as you can imagine, you had mixed results on which ones were good, which ones weren't. Yeah. Uh, but I think we played one good one. It wasn't the one Brent picked here, Sonic Drift. I didn't like this game that much. It was hard to play, but I think Sonic chaos is a real winner. It's an approachable Sonic game that you can, it's a great one to start off your kid on or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you get to play as Sonic or tails. Tails is even easier to play than Sonic. And uh, you know, I've never been great at the Sonic games, but I got pretty far into this one. I was pretty proud of myself and had a good time. So if you're into the, uh, the game gear or Sonic or Sega, uh, check us out over there at, uh, uh, ARG presents. <clears throat> um, you did a little playthrough of this week's game, so that's that's up to check out. Not much I need to be said about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to skip this because we'll come back to it. So let's talk about, uh, and this got a pretty good reception this week. We did an insert disc, too, about my summer vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I was pleased <laughs> that people actually watched this and were happy with it. Uh, and it's basically just me talking about what I did a couple weeks ago when me and the family went up to Blackwater Falls. We had a lot of fun. And I uh, mean, you had a good talk about that. So if you are interested in the wacky exploits of me, uh, insert this too, was a good, was good time. Um, boat, uh, last week, uh, we did a live stream. As you know, I like to do a live stream a couple hours after we end the show here on Fridays. Mm-hmm. And last week we jumped in headfirst with a more Unamiga live stream. And this time out, we started off by playing uh, several different baseball games on the Amiga because baseball season's here, Boat. Right. Uh, we tried out uh, TV Sports Baseball, uh, and we also tried out RBI Baseball 2, which were, uh, I would say, RBI Baseball 2 is not that good, and I'd say TV Sports Baseball is weird and not that good,
0: <laughs> uh, it's, it's such a shame that an all-American system like the Amiga has no good baseball games.
2: <laughs> I will say. We did, play a couple, we did play a couple interesting games, including Bill's Tomato game, which was mm-hmm. really yes, good. That was
0: that looked really good.
2: And we played a game to close the show called Wind Surf Willie. Now, oh. I don't know if this game's any good or not, but I will say it's certainly different. Mm. Uh, it's a different game. It, it suffers from the dream catch like, one-third of the screen for the gameplay, and the other two-thirds are just linked off to a bunch of crap. Uh, but it was interesting. It's it does. Interesting it looks game. very interesting. Yeah, and uh, it's right up your alley, Boat, because it's sort of like sailing. Right. <laughs> you know, so that's one to try. But anyway, we had a good time. If you want to watch this, play some un-Amiga, uh, Amiga games, uh, that's that's the one for you. Um, we looked at, boat. you released, oh man, this segment, oh, the Amiga 2020 Amiga Live segment.
0: Yeah. Uh, we so knew. There were, you know, there were many uh, triumphs in Amigathon 2020. Yeah. This was not one of no. them. <laughs> No, we actually <laughs> lost money
2: during this, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the donations tick back down. When we, when we, uh, when we, attra- when we, this came up, because every year we're like, hey, let's play game with the listeners, that'll be cool,
0: and we both, every year, we both like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, it's, and, it's a lot of looking at this screen, a lot of waiting for games to start, yeah. and then just a giving up with the tail tucked between our legs. I believe so, Neil. I think we got one, Yeah, there was one complete race, I think it was between Duncan Styles. And in um, maybe Paul Kitching. I can't remember exactly. Well, who thought, it was, but...
2: thought, was it Paul? Yeah, it could have been. We we had no luck on this. Yeah. Uh, and and I will say the hoops you have to go through once you're in game are unbelievable in some of these games. <laughs> I could, yeah, I, I could never get this to work in a million years. So, but still, if you want to laugh at the idiots, this is the this is the segment for you. Um, about a, a couple weeks ago, we we did a, a series of Ask the Amigos for August, uh, and you have posted part two. Of, of this series, we got a lot of good questions. Actually, I listened through this because I could. There was so much I could remember. Oh, I got a kind of a hearty hoe out of this, uh, to be honest with you. But so, if you want to hear me and Boat ask answer crazy questions, uh, this is the video for you. So it's up. It's up now. Uh, and then uh, one more thing before I get to uh, the other thing is that you, uh, your uh, series uh, this week in Retro, where you and Neil for Retro Man Cave. Uh, your new show continues unabated. I believe this was this the third week or the fourth week you've been in. It? I think
0: that this was number three. Number uh-huh. three. You,
2: you want to chat about this for a second?
0: Yeah. So this week we talked about a, a bunch of stories. We talked about uh, Sonic talking. Speaking of Sonic, Sonic makes his debut on the Super Nintendo. Right. Uh, we right. talked right. about a, a new slate of arcade one up uh, releases uh, the death of the inventor of the pixel, and, and a couple other fun stories. So, uh, if you are into the world of retro uh, in in general, outside of the Amiga, uh, stop by your local podcatcher and subscribe to this weekend retro.
2: Now, there, there's one more thing. I think, and I'm going to let you take the wheel here on this one, but we've got another video that was out that was released this uh, week, a few days ago, from our buddy, our good friend Jack Flack. Uh, why don't you take this one, Boat?
0: Sure. So, uh, you know, uh, Rob O'Hara is is one of our friends. He's been our, our buddy for a long time. And we both are huge fans of uh, Rob's podcast work. Uh, he, has, uh, he has a bunch of shows, but his two main shows are Sprite Castle, all about the C64, and You Don't Know Flack, which is about uh, his life, basically. Uh, and um, he just recently brought back Sprite Castle after a couple-year hiatus. And I sent him a message, and I said, Hey, you know, are you interested in uh, joining us at the Amigos Retro Gaming Network? And he was like, Yeah. And so we, we proudly welcome Rob to our, our, our humble abode. Um, you can catch all of his uh, Sprite Castle episodes, all of his new Sprite Castle episodes on the network feed, and you can see all of his uh, YouTube videos where he actually goes through, he does what we used to do. After he produces the podcast, he goes and he plays the game for a while. So I really enjoy this. Um, the first episode is uh, ER Kung Fu, uh, one of our favorites. And uh, you can check this out, and we we definitely welcome Rob to both uh, our YouTube channel and podcast feed, but also our Discord community. He's invited his patrons to come join our Discord, and uh, and I really love the, the community that we have going on over there.
2: Yeah, I, I, I can't tell you how, um, how excited I am to have Flack uh, come over and join up with us. I think it's great. Uh, he's a major reason why we got into podcasting, and his shows are, I've always enjoyed... And I, I, his sprite castle playthrough was real fun. And then I believe the uh, the audio for this just dropped this very day, the actual podcast. So mm-hmm. check out Rob's stuff. I think if you kind of dig what we do, I think you guys will really get a kick out of Rob. Rob is a uh, uh, very good on the mic. He's a multi-published author and a very skilled and talented fellow, and also just a nice guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, well, that's going to do it for this week's uh, site updates. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Oh, I hear it, Aaron. I hear it rumbling. We're going to kick things off right off the bat with a new video from our friend Ravi Abbott. What is the guru meditation error? Aaron, have you had a chance to watch this one yet? This one, I didn't even notice that, so I must have missed it. What's the scoop? this is one of my favorite things that Ravi has ever done because the whole first part of this video has nothing to do with the Amiga he spends a lot of time talking about the history of gurus in Western civilization just in you know in pop culture in the 60s and stuff uh, he talks about there was this group of people in the 70s in England called the natural law party and these guys proposed a thing called flying yoga and if you did this flying yoga stuff it would help you. Uh, achieve world peace in our time. So I, if you're watching the video feed right now, you're going to watch this guy spring and take flight. Get ready. Holy crap. What do you think about that, Aaron? I think you need to start doing stuff like that. That would be well, fun. I need more padding. <laughs> so anyway, after talking about sort of the history of gurus within our uh, pop culture, Ravi talks about the history of the High Toro Company, the Joyboard, their uh, their sort of vaporware guru meditation game that they always said that they would create, and how that made its way into the uh, Amiga OS. I got
2: it. Yeah, this looks great. Ravi's yeah. been on a roll here recently too, but uh, aside from his. Uh, Work on the podcast. His videos have been on point. His his Amiga, uh, the history of the of the of the deals and shakeups with Amiga have been really good. And this looks great too. So kudos to to Robbie's getting it done.
0: Yeah. One interesting thing I didn't realize that someone has actually created a guru meditation game for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. So uh, I may have to may have to check that out at some point. <laughs> is that is that guy playing it right there? Yeah, he was playing it right there. I don't think I'll be playing <laughs> that game if I've got to set that position. <laughs> All right. Next up, Aaron. This is, this is one for not us. This is one for you, all you OS 4 fans out there. Guess what? There is a new chat client called Pigeon that is for OS 4. And this thing integrates uh, Discord, Facebook, Skype, and Twitter into a dedicated chat client for OS 4. OS 4, now, you've never really messed around with OS 4 before, have you, Aaron? No, God, no. Yeah, me neither. It it looks cool. It's always something I'm like, man, one of these days. But I think that this is this is the one where you've got to pay. It's like it shuts down within five minutes if you don't pay. And uh, I haven't really been uh, motivated to to pay up for it. But uh, one of these days, I may give it a shot and, and see what all the OS four stuff is about. But if you are a person of the OS four and you want to get uh, Discord going, uh, it's pretty cool. You know, I really like the fact. Remember. Um, Did you ever use like a Trillia or any of those clients back in the day, Aaron? I did. I was just thinking this thing didn't add ICQ to the lineup, so I'm out. Uh, but, yeah, it uh, actually did. It's it's right there. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, ICQs I used a here. jerk. It yeah. went, it showed me. <laughs> yeah, the, the on the Mac side cuz I was a Mac user back in the day when this thing was more of a thing and I, there was a, a tool called ADM that I used to use and it basically it combined all of the chat services into one app and it was it was super cool. So, I'm glad to see that this continues on with OS 4. Yeah. Kind of kind of kind of wacky. Now, Aaron, I know that you watched this one. This is Tenmark's greatest, uh, not his greatest, well, maybe it could be his greatest. I wanted to wish him a happy second anniversary. Uh, this and this is his latest video all about his all-in-one Unamiga board. Now, as an <laughs> Unamiga owner yourself, what did you think about this? I couldn't believe this. this. I thought this was pretty wacky, Boat, I'll be honest with you. Uh
2: Tin Mark I don't know if I somehow had an out of body experience and stuck my spirit into Tin Mark's body. Because what he did here was he basically bolted his unamiga to the back of a monitor. <laughs> that looks naked. like something that you would do. Th- this is right. <laughs> I could, when I watched this video, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Here's the here's the protective cover it got printed. Or here's <laughs> a no. Nope, nope. Nothing. He bolted it to the back of a monitor, done deal. And I thought to myself, <laughs> even me. Even I would have put something over it.
0: <laughs> you would have wrapped some electrical tape around wrapped, that bad boy.
2: Something. You, you're <laughs> saying that in jest, boat, but black tape would have been covering this thing. I mean, it's I. Listen, it's it's uh it's what he did was interesting. I mean, you've got effectively what you've got there is a monitor with Amiga strapped to the back end. Okay. I mean, I don't I don't blame him. Uh, and if you don't have an Amiga five hundred to donate to the an Amiga, this would work fine. Well, I mean, I don't know about this. I wouldn't do this personally uh, because this is stuff falls over, stuff gets scraped against walls. You know, I mean? and maybe not Doug's world, but in the world of Aaron, I got crap everywhere, and this, mm. and I would destroy this on Amiga mega board. Sure yeah, not God, to mention the cats apple. get up
0: there, you know, screwing around on the shelf. It would be over real quick. But, so. but I
2: do part of me gushed. I told, I sent him a note, I was like, "That, that's the ballsiest thing I've ever <laughs> seen you do when you're checking right there. And I
0: will say it does fit very well on the back of this monitor. It's I mean, the way that, that he's got it bolted on that's mm-hmm. the
2: stuff, That looks great. <laughs> well, you don't want that stick like a hook? nothing. That's where you hang your hat. No, <laughs> that's when you, you, come you in attach from a hard it day's work. to this monitor and use it as an anchor. You've got the little <laughs> thing right there. This yeah. was gutsy. I, like I said, this was uh, this was pretty wacky. Now, one thing I thought about that you could do Is like maybe stick this thing in like a uh, a, in just like a keyboard, you know? I'm saying like uh, uh, get you a get you a a keyboard case, and then Mm -hmm. but instead of having a keyboard guts in it, use like a keyboard that sits on top, like one of those rubber ones, and then just literally make the Unamiga take up the case. That way you can have something protecting it. Something that's a little more my speed, but I will say I I give kudos to Doug for his wacky exploits.
0: Oh, All right, oh, we Aaron. Forgot.
2: Was this? I think this was also the episode where Doug had softcore porn in his video.
0: So I wanna, oh, yeah. yeah. I want to <laughs>
2: give him a thumbs up for that, too. And by the way, just left it in. Didn't care.
0: <laughs> All right, Aaron. Our next story comes to us directly from Amiga Bill. Uh, he has done a stream where he invited the uh, author of the Apollo OS onto his, uh, onto his stream. Now, Aaron, what can you tell us about Apollo OS?
2: Well, what he's got going on here, they took uh, an existing... Uh, I think it was Eros, uh, and they have basically modified it and taken out... A, this is described uh, on the show where they basically took the existing thing and they modified it and took out a lot of the fluff, they said, and they sort of made it to where it's ready to run on like a more high-end system. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so what you've got here... And they had to do this boat, uh, which is also mentioned in this story, because uh, for uh, distribution reasons, uh, people were uh people wanted uh didn't necessarily want them to have uh the stuff from cloanto getting get all that stuff going on so what they what they did was they were sort of their hand was sort of forced i guess what i'm right. saying and he says it t- started out with one of the guys on the team just tinkering around with it and then one day they realized hey this thing we could do something with this and so they uh they have worked hard on uh the uh the os and uh, it looked pretty good. I, I didn't get to see the whole show, but I could see a good chunk. I went up to the point where they were playing some games. Uh, yeah, were, I,
0: I, I, I caught some of this. The game performance was not awesome. It was not. Uh, it was dropping frames like crazy. Well, they, so, from what I heard, they uh, they also had all kinds of
2: uh, Internet problems. And hmm. so some of the games, because I've, I I've watched a video that that guy put out, uh, that where the games look pretty good, some of them. Okay. So,
0: Maybe it was just a Twitch thing. It then. was
2: both. It was both. It doesn't run everything perfectly. There's still some uh a lot of stuff it doesn't run. But I mean it looks like a pretty good effort. Uh and it's uh, I, this is that sort of situation where you gotta just tip your hat to the guys because they really don't have a choice, you know. Right. Uh they've got they're doing what they gotta do to get their uh get some action. And uh and so that's what and that's that's where it stands. So it's it's, and this, it's developing. Is, this is
0: this- this is going to benefit everybody once once uh, once we, uh, once they get this thing out there. You get an open source replacement for all the Kickstart things. You don't have to go through Cloanto anymore if you don't want to. Uh, so I really appreciate what these guys are doing well, for sure. From,
2: now, from what I read, or from what I read and asked, I asked around about this too from people that are way smarter than me. And my question was, is this a possible replacement for lower end classic machines? All right, mm-hmm. And it's not. It's not. Oh. It's not meant for those machines. This will be for uh, vampire machines, and uh, and I think also some higher end machines that are, aren't vampires. I think. Mm. Uh, but so you're not going to throw this on an Amiga 500, for example. Uh, it's not. It's not. Which I thought would be interesting. But the, yeah. still, it's interesting, and, and it's one of those things where a, a necessity is the mother of invention, and uh, that's what they're doing. They're going to work. Right. So, and if you don't aren't keen on the whole vampire situation. You got to give the credit to these guys uh, to go in there and sort of pull themselves up by the bootstraps and get it done. So I'll give these Absolutely. guys a lot of credit, you know.
0: All right. And uh, this one just came up uh, the other day on our Discord, Aaron. We talked about on um, This Week in Retro about how there is a new Macintosh operating system, web, you know, uh, standalone uh, thing. This is seems like the first steps to getting to what I want, which is a self-contained uh, EXE file that basically runs all of Workbench with a shared folder. So you don't have to mess around with any presets. You just click and go. Uh, this is what's known as taws.ch, T-A-W-S C-H. And you basically, you, you are greeted with a, uh, a screen to select your Workbench environment. So uh, we will go with, uh, what's your favorite, Aaron? I would say probably 3.1. All right, we'll go with 3.1 plane. You hit the boot button, and boom, almost instantaneously, this thing loads uh, 3.1. Now, that's neat. yeah, I don't think that there is any sort of sharing functionality here. Like, I don't think there's a way that you can locally uh, load files. But this is the first step into, into getting there. Uh, I really like the way that this is set up. I, I always prefer 1.3. I think 3.1 looks hideous. It's like some bad Macintosh ripoff. Uh, but 1.3 actually has some character. So I always like to load this one up first. Um, and, uh, but... I, it's it's a it's a neat way to sort of investigate there's a bunch of oss that I, I've never even heard of like 3.8 and stuff like that so you can check that out again Taz.ch. check it out in the show notes can you do anything with it both I mean can you no not really I mean you can you can click around all the links work you yeah. can go in here to your presets uh, I'm sorry uh, I think actually some of these some of the I think 3.1 actually has some more folders yeah Um but there there are some folders that you can click around in. It's just like everything. I'm not sure what you do when you get here on in any environment. What I do is I load up a game. You yeah. Know? Right. So, um, but is this Java based or what is this boat? I want to say that it it, it is. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but I think that this is this is another example of one of those Java based emulators.
2: Kind of neat. I, yeah, I'd never heard of this. I, I think I did briefly see it pop up in Discord, but I didn't get to look at it. So it it it's interesting. Very interesting.
0: Yeah. 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 And finally, Aaron, uh, our final story for today is that we want to give another bump to the Amiga 2020 Art Contest. The deadline, you still have plenty of time. It's not until October 11th, but it's been a while since we've mentioned it. And uh, Tim Tinmark and Pixel Vixen are uh, in charge of this contest, and uh, they are still looking for entries. You can submit original hand-drawn artwork, uh, photo-edited work. 3D rendering, mod music, whatever you want. The only stipulation is that it must be created on an Amiga in one way or another. Mm. And uh,
2: even the uh, the people that uh, st- uh, stuck in uh, entries for the Amigathon contest, you can use those in this. Uh, That's right. That you're good to go. So if you've already entered our contest that for the Amigathon, take your stuff. Because uh, literally, I think everything we got, with the exception of my hideous art and your <laughs> Lama Angelo, was gold. <laughs> solid gold. It could all go into this contest and have a shot. So I'm going to stick yeah. it in there, man.
0: So uh, AmigaArtwork.com uh, to to submit your entries. Yeah, All right, Aaron, that's going to do it for this week's News Roundup. It's time to jump right into our game of the week, Tiny Little Slug. This game uh, was released... Uh,
2: a while back with some fanfare, boat not too long ago, I remember he's seen the previews of this for on indie retro news. So I was actually kind of excited to get to play it. Um, I played the uh, disc version. Uh, which one did you play? The disc version. Disc yeah. version as well. And, and I knew that I was going to need save states. So I played this one. I actually used Amiga forever to play this because I had, although really I, I will say after playing it, I don't necessarily think you'd have to do it that way, but we'll no. get in We'll get into that. So, uh tiny little slug again. Just came out this year. Uh, published by APC and TCP, uh, and developed by uh Studios. Uh, the uh, coder on this was Andre Zepps. The graphics were some were, are spelled Cool Guy style for Explora, and the music is from Slammy, also spelled Cool Guy style. Uh, and the box art, Thomas Boisse. So, mm. and it does have a nice box art. Uh, this is one of those uh, new gimmicks where you can you can buy the uh, boxed copy with the disc and uh, CD, or you can buy the box copy with the CD, or you can buy the CD, or you can just get the download. Mode. Uh and there are uh, there is a price platform which I think we're probably going to want to talk about later. We'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, this runs on a, a lot of stuff. Uh, this this will run on basically like a pretty plain Jane Amiga. And it'll run all the way up to like CD32. The one thing it won't do is run on NTSC Amigas. Yeah. Uh,
0: so if you're going, well, I it, mean, there are no NTSC Amigas. Well, it's non. I've got several sitting
2: so. here that say otherwise. So I'm looking at the minimum requirements here. Now, uh, it will run on 512K uh, of chip RAM and no fast RAM and w- Kickstart 1.3. So that's remember you always complain about these these uh, games requiring mega systems. So Not this, this one. This is something that's ready to rock and roll on a, the lowest of the low end. Yeah, man. Uh, and if you want to run the hard drive version, you're going to need a little bit more jack, uh, mm-hmm.
1: 6820,
2: uh, and a kickstart three uh, one, uh 512 chip, 512 other, and of course your hard drive space. And you can. There's also an option for the uh, CD32 gamepad. and this even has online scoring mode. So if you've got the uh, the Amiga set up that where you're online, this can actually this has a live database of scores, like a like a uh, scoreboard.
0: That's that's really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah.
2: So. Um, what is this game, uh, boat? It's a it's a strange little game, really. You are you play a slug, so that mm-hmm. the, it tells you what you are on the box. You're a tiny little slug, and your goal in this game, your ultimate goal, is to get the strawberry. But which that doesn't sound like much, but to get the strawberry, it, you go through the entire game. <laughs> so right. not easy. And along the way, you're going to help out some uh, other little critters that ha- are having some problems. Uh, this this is a game. I was thinking about this today before we did the show about how to explain how this what this game is. I mean, at its heart, I will say puzzle platformer, although at first you're really not doing any platforming as you would normally do it because you're the slug can't jump. Uh, really, well, it, can't it, do anything. I, I think first. that it's
0: still fair to call it a platformer. Yeah. There's nothing about the platformer genre that says you have to be able to jump. Yeah. You're still traversing platforms. I would call this an explore an exploration puzzle platform. There you go. Well, that's very well categorized. boat. Uh, now later on,
2: you can earn the ability to jump, but at first you you can't. You can't. You just slow it, crawl around. So what what's the gimmick here? Well, the slug can crawl up and down on ceilings, the whole nine yards, but he can't go around corners when, as on crawling. He can jump. He can basically fall to a certain square to go. Uh, so basically he could go from one hanging area to another within a certain little space. Mm-hmm. So he can get around pretty well. But what this means is you have to take crazy routes to get the stuff uh, sometimes yeah. to get around. Stuff. and that's the game, really. Uh, the game is set up around. The wacky things you have to do just to traverse a room. You know, you, it, you'll have to go multiple ways to get through through these different levels. Uh, along the way, your slug will encounter stuff like spikes, uh, stuff falling from the ceiling, including blocks like stalagmites uh, or stalactites. I should say, get it right. Yeah, I know. Hey, listen, I learned that when, last time I was at a cave. You know, stalactites, <laughs> hold on tight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, you also have to encounter you'll encounter all kinds of little critters that will kill you. Uh, everything mm-hmm. from little bouncing blobs to like bees uh, to uh, you know <laughs> all kinds of wacky stuff. Plus, you, there are also boss battles you have to take on. Mm-hmm. It's it's a uh, uh, the game starts you off in a uh, you basically jump into a big hole. That's how the game starts, and then yeah, you, start you see the, the strawberry the on the other
0: side of the chasm. Yeah. and you fall into a hole.
2: The game is split up into several different levels. You've got uh, like a just basically your dirt level, uh, then you will eventually go into an ice level. Uh, where everything's frozen. Then you'll go into, like, a lava level where everything's real hot. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you have to basically get out of that level as lava comes up at you, which is real exciting. Uh, then you will go into uh, – uh, there's a, s- a whole second cavern you go into. That's the second half of the game. There's a lot of diversity in, in here. And like I said, as you go through and, cr- and do these little missions uh, for your fellow little little bugs and whatnot, you'll, you'll be rewarded with different powers. Uh, one power is the ability to jump. One power is the ability to not be affected by spikes. Uh, when you go to the ice level, your slug can will get cold, and as he gets cold and starts freezing, he his his health takes a hit. Right. And so, if you but before that, I wish I'd known this before I tried to get to the cold level without it. That you can go eat a, you can get a hot pepper, and that makes it so he doesn't automatically lose life as he goes through well, the ice. Camp, the, I right? mean, that's
0: physically the only way you can survive that level.
2: Well, I know instantly. that now, but because yeah. <laughs> 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 <See>, <laughs> you don't have to go get it. I didn't know about it. No, so I no. just kept going through the ice level and it was, I made it pretty far before I just thought I was like, I can't get any further than this. Mm-hmm. Um, but what were your initial impressions
0: with this game? Uh, I was very impressed from the get go. Uh, this game features a tutorial that explains the mechanics of the game when it loads. Yes. It's like, you're a slug. You can go over these, you know, you can make, you can go over these types of corners, but other types of corners you can't go over. And it spells out the rules from the get-go. That was very, uh, very welcome to me. Yeah, it was, and it, um,
2: literally, it's a, it tells you everything you need to know to play the game.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, and it does it all in one screen. Uh, there's not 87 pages of background text. The game right. did not feature a novella that you had to read to get the hints that you needed. Um, this game is colorful. Uh, it utilizes the full OCS, uh, you know, color palette. Um, the the background music that plays is very nice. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of personality in the enemies. I think that you know, of course, this is a very you you could call it a cutesy game. Everything's very cute in it, uh, which uh, appeals to me. Um, I like the fact that uh, enemies uh, they they uh, they move in predictable ways. A lot of this game is pattern memorization. Uh, where you are looking at the patterns that things are falling off the ceiling or things are flying around and you're saying, okay, how can I get from here to there within this amount of time period without getting hit? Now that said, this game is I found it to be quite difficult uh, from the get-go. Uh, you have a life meter, you get 99 points of health. Um, this is I, I would call this a flaw in the game design. I think you'd be much better off with a uh, with like a multiple heart, thing like four hearts and then each hit takes away one because whenever you get hit by various things it's not always the same amount of hit points that are taken off like if something just glances you it might only take ten points off but if something hits you full on like you can get destroyed in like two hits stuff, and stuff I, will I, stay
2: I, on you and, and continue to damage yeah, you yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I found that to be frustrating um I think that hit detection on the whole is one of this game's faults um, that said uh I felt like when I did progress through a, a particular level, I felt a, a real sense of accomplishment because I knew that I had done it. I'd put in the time to figure out what the secret was. I just feel like um, because of the hit detection uh, and because of some of the controls, they could have made it a little bit easier. Now, I only played this on the normal difficulty level. I didn't play it on like the baby level or whatever, and I didn't play it on the like extreme level. So maybe you can talk more about the the, the easy level and what was different about that. We're watching right now. We're watching my play playthrough so you're seeing this is all the time that i forgot i didn't know about the hot pepper yeah. which is why so i keep you too, dying over uh, and over yeah. again yeah
2: um i can tell you i put on the weenie level because i am a weenie and actually you're gonna this may baffle you i didn't think it was that tough and that's probably because i was on the easy level so lo and behold <laughs> that sounds like they probably got that part right
0: yeah yeah um, i probably should have backed it off the problem is, is that I get I get frustrated with games when they instead of just calling it easy, they call it too easy. Then yeah. I feel like they're insulting me as a man. That's okay. They can they can. Hey,
2: listen, I can't be any more insulted. There's <laughs> nothing. They can, there's nothing this game can do that I haven't heard already. So, <laughs> so, so the heck with it. I, baby me up, brother. So, but yeah, I, I took the easy level. I, you know, I'll tell you something. Uh, this game, right out of the gate, I'm loading this thing up, and I can tell. This is a whole different uh, animal here than we're used to with these newer games. This thing f- comes up with great music. There's splash. There's a, a nice opening. You know, mm-hmm. you could tell, okay, someone knows what they're doing. Like Somebody wise. gave a crap is yeah. what I like to say. Well, I mean, no, it's just that, listen, I'm I not mean, a game designer. I'm not a game designer, so I can't, on put in all, I can't put all this stuff in that I want to see in a game but they did. They, I like that.
0: What I mean is most of the games that we play on this show were, were created under time constraints of one, of one type or another. And it's, it's obvious that the people that designed most of the games that we play weren't able to put in every single thing that they probably wanted to. When you have an independently produced game like this, that's essentially done on the author's free time. uh, He can make it as polished as he wants it to be, or she can be, you know, she can, she can make it as polished as she wants it to be. Right.
2: Well, I'll, I, th- I think they, right out of the gate, I thought it looked good. Uh, so, when it starts up, like like you said, you covered it nicely. The opening, the demo, because I'm like, this thing, I, I had an idea of what this was from seeing it on uh, Indie Retro News, just a little tidbit of it, and I thought to myself when I saw it, it's like, man, this looks like it could be tough or annoying, and they demonstrate it perfectly, they explained z- exactly how the the slug works, and it, that's all I needed to see. So, the, dem- the demo at the beginning was perfect. You pick your selection, you start off, you're in... And right away, the first couple screens, they don't mirage you, at least on the level I played. You've got time to figure out what you're doing. The first couple screens are just trying to figure out how do you get around. I appreciated all that. The music was good. The music changed on the different levels. Uh, I like the music. So, that we, so, you, so what do we got here? We've got a game with sound effects and music that looks good. Uh, what else do you have? Well, the controls, I didn't have any trouble with the hit detection uh, myself. Now, Again, I was put on the easier level, but I mean, the one thing that you can't, what I, I think I could play off what you said with the hearts. I like the system for, I thought they give you a pretty good amount of health, but the one thing they don't do that I think would save this system is to give you at least a second of invulnerability when you get yeah. hit. If you yeah. did that, then you'd have something because, like Boat said, you can get killed, you can have full hearts, and if one of these little bees or little doodads gets like on top of you, you're boned. I mean, it could kill you like that, like super quick. So it would help to have it's a few seconds of time to get away because also you're a slug. It's not like this guy's bounding off. He's it's hard for him to move around.
0: Here's another thing that this game does right is that um, they follow the current convention in platformers and that they do not give you a set amount of lives. You have unlimited lives yeah. in this game. If you if you don't pass, you know there are checkpoints aplenty. Uh, if you, if you die, you just go back to the last checkpoint and you try again. Yeah, and the checkpoint system. I want to talk about this. This
2: checkpoint system is the answer. To the problem we've had with so many games, Boat, mm-hmm. uh, including games that I love, like Lionheart, for example, as they have these incredibly long levels. All you have to do is do what this game did put a checkpoint system in.
0: That you go back to when you die, and it replenishes your health. That's it. I like the fact that it's a visible checkpoint yeah. system too, because if you can see that checkpoint just lurking around the corner, you're like, all right, I can do this. Yeah. I just need to make it this much further. It, yeah. It, it's it's very. Uh, it, it
2: makes you feel encouraged. And even if you die, uh, you'll know that where the next checkpoint is. It helps. Plus, another mm-hmm. little gimmick you can do is if you checkpoint up, and then you go somewhere where you need to end up going back, you can just get yourself killed, and they'll take you back to the checkpoint. Nothing lost, and, you, and that way you don't have to go back through a lot of stuff that you didn't have to. You don't you don't feel like going back through, so you can sort of use it as a quick travel too uh, occasionally. Um, but the checkpoint system is a huge boon for this game. The lack of the loss, like I said, that that makes it, this game is surprisingly approachable for an Amiga game, which I, I appreciate uh, because uh, you could put your kid on this and they can have a pretty have a pretty good time and not get super frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this game does not hold your hand. Like we talked about uh, on the ice level of this, we should mention that these levels are uh, pretty much all joined up. So it's not like the game just there's only a few times where the game actually exits to a and to a loading screen. For the most part, this stuff pretty much keeps on going, and so. Uh, you, but it doesn't tell you ex- where to go or what to do. I mean, it's sort of the the, the levels sort of lead you in a direction, but they don't. Yeah, I mean this is this is
0: another this is another trend in in sort of modern platforming. Mm -hmm. There's a game called Ori in the Blind Forest that's a a lot like this, where there are levels and there are environments, but they're all connected together, and the game encourages you to explore and to find alternate paths and
2: things like that. Yeah, I I, I, well, I mean it works. Uh, You know, I haven't played a lot of the more modern stuff, but uh, I like this trend. If this is the way it is, I thought it was refreshing, uh, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. Uh, boat again. I boat put on a harder level than me, but on the level I played, I had pretty good success. I made it past uh the first boss, which for me is a
0: pretty pretty good It was hard that that, that, that was where I checked out. I could not beat that first boss what, in, on, on you, the regular level.
2: One thing I had to look one thing you learn, boat is that the and we should mention that the boss oh, this game has boss battles, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I believe it's got three. I think it's got the first guy you fight, which is in the frost area, it's got a lava guy. And then it's got a duck. I think right. that's all of them. Uh, and the first guy you fight, you have to—it's it's a big block that bounces around, and you've got to basically position him to have stalactites drop on his head and hurt him. Mm-hmm. The key to this guy is the little tiny, in the middle of the room is a little like tiny space that's up in the air. That's just where it just wide enough for your slug. If you sit there, he can't really hit you, and so you can let him do his thing until it's safe. Then you run up, get up on the wall, and have the stalactite come down on him, and then you run back to that. It took me forever to get past him, and I had to watch another guy do it before I could
0: figure mm, out the trick. Yeah, I should have checked out a uh, Let's Play and learned, learned the technique, because again, this game is all about pattern memorization. Yeah, now, th- it is sort of cheating to do that, because that is the game, is like once you know the pattern, you can do it. But I was it was really frustrating. I spent 20 minutes on that boss, and I still couldn't
2: beat it. Yeah, now the second level, now this something else this game does that I like, it mixes it up, okay? So the second level is that when you get onto the lava, Uh, You're down here uh, and you're you're confronted with this creature that says, listen, my friend is thirsty. He needs a bunch of water. And so basically your mission in the second level in this fire level is to get all the cups of water. Okay, so what you have to do is just go through the level looking for the cups. You need all of them that you can find. And, and they're not easy to get. But it's a, what you're doing in that level is more of a collection thing, okay? Mm. I mean, the first level, you're going to get a couple items for people, but this one the, is the whole level is collecting these things. Mm-hmm. And when you when you uh, finally get enough water to make the guy happy, you can fight the end by the boss, which is sort of like the first end boss, except this guy, he, dra- he spits fire down on you. And uh, every once in a while, and, at first, he'll spit fire and then come crashing down to the floor. And then if you're not there, he'll hurt himself. But after a while, he becomes immune to that. But then he starts spitting fire plus a thing. And when the thing hits the floor, you move and he'll come crash down onto the thing and that will hurt him. And eventually he'll die. And then what makes this interesting is so you beat the boss. Then that level starts filling up with lava and your slug has to get out of the level. I don't know how anyone could do this, but i watched the guy do it. <laughs> but it, one thing I like, it's different. It's just, it's just it, You're not just doing the same thing over and over. That makes it fun. They're mm-hmm. adding the variants to it. The music changes and stuff. Uh, and then the third level is you get out and try to get this duck, which is also an entertaining. It's just a big duck. Uh, and, but now that is the game. I would say the game is not real long, uh, frankly. Uh, but you do get a, a lot of gameplay in there if you if you are learning. This is a game. I'm not sure how much replay value it's got. I'm not sure this, you're going to come back and play this over and over because boat like boats said once you've got the gimmick, you can probably get through most of it. And some of it's just uh, some people better than me can probably get through it a lot quicker. I'm not. It, it would probably take me a good while to beat it. But uh, you know that would be the replay value, just you know trying to beat it. But uh, now you know, it is
0: it is worth saying that even though there are checkpoints in this game, there is no save game system built in. So if you are looking to have like a multi-session play, you're going to want to use an emulator with save states.
2: I think I read that the hard drive version does let you save. Oh, okay. Now, okay. we didn't try that one, but I think I read that. I know the disc version doesn't. You have to play right. it in one session. But that's uh, not not a huge deal if you're if you've got like say if you're emulating and if you're playing on real hardware, you it takes your chances, basically. So there you go. Um, the uh, we should talk about uh, the uh, the way it looks, the way the uh, game. Uh, looks when you on the different levels, they do a good job. The levels are totally different, you know, in terms of the textures. They uh, there's this sort of like, what would you multi-layer slight parallax on some mm-hmm. levels that it looks. It's pretty a very good.
0: subtle. It's a very subtle parallax scrolling. Yeah. It's not like Shadow of the Beast where it's in your face. Yeah, this you can you really have to look for it. In a way, it's it's more impressive because of it.
2: Uh, the the le- the uh, lava level, there's like occasionally you'll come across an area where there's like a lava stream that sort of comes down in front of the action. To give that some sort of depth. I mean, it's, again, it's a small thing, but I appreciated it because it was there, and they took the time to put it in. Uh, I mean, is this this thing is not as pretty as you know, some games, but it's it's pretty. It's still pretty darn good. And if you consider that it's running on the old chipset, not too bad. I mean, I think they do a good job. But of course, a game like this, gameplay is is the ticket. So if you have decent uh, visuals, that's just uh, like icing on the cake.
0: So- yeah, I mean, to me, this game. Uh- the the, the chipset really has little to nothing to do with it. It's all about how the art is drawn. And you can tell that real care was taken, like even on these stalactites, you know, like they could have cheaped out on any number of these things and, and really just, you know, skimped on the details. But almost everything in this game is just drawn with a lot of precision. And it it's a lot of, you know, tile-based things, you know, like, like a lot of platformers. But um, I was really impressed with the care that was taken. Um, I think that, you know, on the whole, the slug as a, as a dude, you know, he has some animation. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more idle animation. Because you do spend a lot of time waiting around as the slug as you're watching enemy patterns and things like that. It would have been cool to watch like a little ripple of his slug flesh you know, go by or watch his eyes dart back and forth a little bit. That would have been fun. But, uh, but overall, I think that, you know, it is a very pretty game. I think well, one thing I think
2: is, you know, we always rag on the uh, various characters, mascots in Amiga games. I will say these guys went a different, they went for the less is more approach and they just, the game is tiny little slug. And here's the slug. Mm-hmm. He's a little slug. He doesn't, he's not the least bit cool, he doesn't occasionally get up and go like, "Hey!" He he's a slug. He's not <laughs> yeah. cool in any way, and right. so that's and that's sort of his gimmick. You know, and it sort of slug. makes him
0: cool. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so, I, so I, I mean, this guy's not going to win you any. Uh, it's not. It's not going to be a launch title on your next console. But I mean, I think he for this game he works perfectly. There's a lot to like in this one uh, boat. Uh, I was—I'll I, be honest with you. I came in a little trepidatious because I didn't—I wasn't sure if it was going to be my kind of game. Because when I hear puzzle puzzle platform, I'm more like, oh boy, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, this is a fun game. There's plenty of action. I mean, the puzzles aren't going to like—you're not going to rip your brains out. It's just the puzzle aspect. is just figuring out how to get to certain places, and that, it's not that hard. To get to figure that out now. Yeah, uh, I
0: think I'm, I'm going to have to go back and play this again on the easy on the easy mode and and, and see how far I can get because I did enjoy this and uh, not having to deal with the, the amount of enemies that that might you know that, that that probably will help things and and I'm also curious about how the boss battle is now that I know the secret of the boss yeah. you know where you just stand on that middle platform uh, that'll make things a lot easier too.
2: Now. This again, this game is a modern game, so you can actually go out when I mean, we we purchase this thing, and you can go out and buy the game. You can't just go out and download it at your leisure. Now, you're asking yourself, where can I get it? What does it cost? Well, you can get it at a bunch of different places. I saw selling it. What's it cost? Now, I looked at the uh, I looked at the prices on here. I don't know if you've got them in front of you both, uh, but. Uh, the uh, and normally, I personally, I don't give a crap about the price generally because we're playing stuff that's been long out of date. But when it comes to mm-hmm. something that's brand new, we got to go into the price a little bit just to you know just to talk about it. Sure. So this game it comes in several flavors. The cheapest possible way you can get this game is just to download the archive. Okay. And again, keeping in mind that if you're on an NTSC computer, you're out of luck. So you got to emulate that. Uh, but if you're on a PAL machine, you're good to go. You can download the archive of this thing. And I believe the, la- I looked at the exchange rate before we went on and it was like, uh, it was like 20, like we're right around $23. Well, I, I can
0: tell you exactly how much it was. Cause I paid for it. Right. Remember? How much was it when you bought it? So it was like 26 bucks, including tax. Tw- yeah. Se- several different forms of that exchange rate manipulation that's you know that's, I'm that's pretty, pretty, pretty sure there was, was a kgb saw. guy that was taking a cut <laughs> so there was it was uh, i think 26 bucks out the door now what do you think about that's a little on the
2: high side for an archive file right but what do you what do you is the value there for
0: you Bo? what do you think this game is a 10 dollar game this game is is a 10 dollar game i you know it's a great game it is not worth the price that they're asking. No way, no how. There are AAA titles that sell for 26 bucks. I personally rarely buy any game uh, that, is, that is that is that expensive. Um, when you look at the quality of independently developed titles that are coming out on Steam every day, there are games that wipe the floor with this uh, in terms of polish that, that sell for, for half as much. This is This is, as much as I love this game, if we were not playing this game, and I'm happy to buy it because the, the the Game Selection Committee chose it for us, I would not suggest that you buy this game for this price. Wait for a sale. I'm sure that it will go down in price eventually. Uh, this game should have been $10 for the download and $25 for the physical copy.
2: Well, I'm looking at the prices here uh, for the other versions. So we should go ahead and talk about it, and I'll give you my thoughts. So if you want the whole the whole ball of wax, which is the CD... Uh, plus the floppy, plus the download version, the box, the whole nine yards, you're in for thirty two Euros, which I'm guessing that's uh uh what about forty five bucks a boat? That's that about right? Uh maybe a little less yeah. than that. Yeah. Uh the C D version plus the download is, is twenty nine Euros. And then the floppy disk version, once downloads also twenty nine euros. So you can get those versions, and so you're you're really not paying a whole lot more to get the, a better, you know, the box version. This this one of the few times I'd probably recommend just getting a box version. The box looks nice. You're not you're actually having getting something oh. tangible for your money. And I don't think those prices are. I don't think that's too much to ask uh, for uh, the uh, versions because they also come with the download. So I would probably what I would do is probably buy the floppy disk version. And and unless you have a CD32, I'd buy the floppy disk version and then uh, get the download and put it on whatever I'm playing my Amiga stuff on. Now, as for the price, uh, $29 is uh, steep. Uh, I will admit that. Uh, However, I will say this. Uh, We've looked at some of these uh, more recent releases, and we've often lamented that we're not getting a, 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 a more awesome game, a more awesome modern game. And I think this is one of the best ones we've played. That's. I mean, I think this is a really good game. I think the. Mo- I would almost say it's worth it, except for the fact that there's not. It's not super long, and that's a problem. Uh, if you can beat a game, if you're if you've only got a couple hours worth of gameplay, yeah. Say well, five, here's that's, the that's, thing
0: though. You don't. You've got more than a couple hours well, worth of gameplay. Uh, what I'm thing.
2: saying is, uh, for, when you for,
0: watch for, a speedrunner do a game in two and a half hours, that doesn't mean well, that the game is a two and a half hour game.
2: I watched a normal guy who died a lot get through the whole game in 40 minutes. So I'm not saying I could beat it then, but I'm saying you're probably talking. You could probably, if you sit down and play it for a while, you know, five, ten hours, you could probably get through the whole game. When you're when you're going into the when you're going into the realm of paying thirty dollars for a, a digital download, that's a little pricey for the amount of action you're going to get there. I probably would would I would say ten dollars, sure, that'd be a heck of a deal. But I would even go into the fifteen or twenty dollar realm total
0: with tax and everything. I think you
2: I think there's. It's a little bit pricey. Listen,
0: I'm. I'm just telling you. This is if he, when you when you make a game and you you put it for sale, you want to maximize your sales. And it's proven that if you charge less, you'll sell more in volume. You know, and when you price your physical release, uh, or I'm sorry, when you price your physical release at like five percent more than your digital download. Then you haven't done your margins right. It's weird, I mean, it's isn't just, it? It's, it's yeah. It's it's just not smart. It's not a smart business decision, and so it's it's a shame. I I like this game, uh, but it's it's it. I don't think that it's right for this price point. My my guess would be both that they reason they priced the digital out like that.
2: Is to move more of the physical copies. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. And I will say that's it. May it may work. Listen, we people play pay hordes and hordes of money for Amiga stuff. So I don't see why the software should be any different than hardware. I'm not surprised. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm not surprised uh, by by the cost. But
0: if you if you take the
2: cost out of the equation, this is an easy recommendation
0: for me. Uh, and there is a there is a demo that you can download. They don't make it easy to find. Uh, oh, this is yeah. I didn't uh, know about that. This is available uh, on. You can go to. I think if you just search for Tiny Little Slug demo, it'll take you to the site. Uh, another problem that I have with the way this game is is that the the purchase process was insane. Okay. All right. So normally, when you buy a, a digital version of a game, they send you a code. And this actually had to be invoiced, and then I had to pay the invoice. It was a very strange thing, um, and it, it, it wasn't horrible, you know. But when you're used to buying, like I buy a lot of Commodore 64 games on itch.io, uh, where it's a very painless process, where you just run through the thing and you, you download the file and you pay for your game and you're good to go. Um, so, but this was this is sold on I think Amiga Net or something like that. There, it's it's one of the European Amiga sites. All
2: right. Well. Uh, that's good insight, Boats, because uh, there's no way I could have known that. Yeah. Hey, listen, that that I've I've bought, almost bought plenty of things, and when the pricing and when the actual purchasing of the thing gets kind of weird, I'll back out. That that, mm-hmm. that right yeah. there will kill sales when you've got a when you've got a, a sketchy pr- like a checkout system.
0: Yeah, I would not like I said that it, it, I would not have gone through with this if not for the AGSC. But again. You know, we we play with the AGSC picks, right. and I'm glad that I did because this is a great game. Oh yeah, I think it's a really good game. Like I said, if it was it, to do
2: over again, I, which I would probably fall into their trap, just get I, I would just get the floppy disk box. So if mm-hmm. you're gonna bur- purchase this, go that route. Just go that way. You get something tangible for your money. Like I said, the box looks good. Uh, I think you get a, a couple little goodies in there too. You know how that that's the new thing. I will say, both I've been looking at uh, uh, physical copies of other systems c64 in particular and uh i would say the 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 price for this box is is more than competitive i think it's funny this is one of the few times where i'd say the digital version isn't competitive but the box version is more than competitive i think you I think the box version is a halfway decent deal.
0: Yeah, I don't and I don't have any you can charge as much as you want for the box version because at that at that point you're talking about a tangible product that has to go through manufacturing. Yeah. And so like I don't know what your you know what your your factory setup is. I don't know what your premiums are and stuff like that. And so if you want to charge 50 bucks for the box version, you know, and you want to use like really high quality card stock for your manual and really good box material, I'm all for that, man. Uh but when it comes to just downloading a raw file, uh, it's 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 a hard sell at the current price. Yeah, but uh, like I
2: said, and I think Boat says this as well. Taking the price out, it's a, it's an excellent game, excellent game. I was surprised, Boat. I'll be honest with you, I was real surprised on this one. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. We know the price. There you go. Go get it.
0: All right. Well, we do we did get a couple Discord reviews, Aaron. All right. What you got? Um, and uh, some of these I believe were based off the uh, the download or the the demo version. So okay. keep that in mind. Um, first one comes from Pixels at Dawn, who I believe has played the full release. He says, This is a game I've had my eye on for a little while. It's a good concept and away from the usual platforming fare, with the wall climbing mechanics being relatively rare in gaming. Steg the Slug from Codemasters and Jewel from Psygnosis come to mind. Quite hard to get right, and while the controls can be a bit fiddly at times, they work well enough for you to feel com- comfortable when moving around. The puzzle solving based on negotiating each screen is good, and it's unusual to have to think so laterally just to move your character, but other puzzles such as how to deal with the cold areas can be a little obscure. This could easily be helped with some UI elements. Graphically, the game looks really nice with some solid parallax and cute sprites, and the music and sound effects don't wear thin. Unfortunately, Tiny Little Slug is quite expensive for a relatively short game, and sadly this will mean it won't be seen by many. 7.5 out of 10. And Graham writes, uh, just a little comment. He says, I'm usually happy to throw some coin at modern developers on our beloved Amigas and ZX Spectrums. For a game that is in my currency almost the same price as games like Cuphead, even if you do like this game's demo, I can't see the value of asking prices here. So I'd personally rather support homebrew titles like Magenta Gem, Wudang, UFO, and Block Z on the ZX Spectrum and still have money left for the cost of this for a coffee.
2: I didn't realize that was going to be... I mean, both the reviewers mentioned that, and we went on about it for quite a while. Uh, So, I mean, that tells me that people agree that that it's just a little bit too pricey. You know, I should mention before we go, but uh, while there are no reviews on this, uh, Lemon does have a score for it, and the people over at Lemon, which, by the way, we should mention this, speaking of Lemon, Lemon's uh, forums got hacked this week, which is sad. And so Lemon needs support. Uh, Everyone, or at least a kind comment the people that run Lemon, thats is a, uh, we love that service. We, I don't know if we could get along without Lemon. No. Uh, they are the best, and uh, they've always been very nice to us, too, haven't they both?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. The, so- the guys at Lemon are super, super nice guys. I had a chance to talk to the guy that's currently running the site at Amiga Ireland. I guess the latest news is that the site was not hacked as much as they thought it was. There were just a, a lot of passwords because it wasn't... uh I guess because the it's hard to know because at first they said it was because it didn't have SSL, but then they said, well, it's just the low-level passwords that got hacked. So they were able to brute force with just 1234 and easy passwords like that. Yeah. I don't know what the real story is, but definitely send those guys some love. It's yeah. been a rough week for them.
2: Anyways, nevertheless, uh, the people over there gave this game a pretty decent score of an 8.11 vote. So mm. uh, a, a, uh, a game that's unusual and interesting, and it's exactly what we wanted Games that are fun for the older systems. Big thumbs up for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, we do want to thank all of our Twitch subscribers. Uh, If you want to support uh, Amigos through Twitch, you can subscribe to us uh, either through Amazon Prime or just a regular old Twitch sub. We also want to thank all the folks that have joined us here in the chat, we record Amigos Live every Friday night around 4 o'clock, and uh, you can join in the fun just like these guys. Another TT viewer, Atten, Barkbit, Bitstorm, Bomb6, The Base, Buck Owens, Commander Root, Cowbird Boy, Dedicated Lurking 9 to 5, <laughs> Delamort 78, Duncan Styles, Edvin Helen, Figgy 78, Frodo NL, Gimlet 72, Jugglebox. Hermsky, Jan Holbro, Jason Warnes, Johnny Renegade, Catherine L. Curtis B., Leaf Killad, Lurks, Mitsuyama, Olaf Hope, Old B Sturgeon, Paul Kitching, Picard2010, Polyester Lynx, Real Joe the Zombie, Remastino, Rob O'Hara, Tanonjang, The Retro Man Cave, Traegard82, B&K, Vigoro Pros, and Z9K9. Wow, Thank you... you so much for joining us hey, this evening.
2: Bo, we got a couple pieces of, of work before I forget about them. Uh, okay, man. Um, let's talk international computer club boat. Uh, we're putting something together. We're not sure what it is yet, but it's something boat. And what it's going to be is international computer club. It's a big name for big concept boat. We're going to gather, uh, all of our chums, all of our computer owning chums that are part of our discord and have one blockbuster international computer club meeting, uh, September 12th. Uh, boat, and the sign-up sheet has just went up in the uh, International Computer Club uh, part of the Discord. Uh, It's a very simple sheet, put together by an absolute idiot, and all you've got to do is put your name in there, uh, if you'd like to go on early or late in the show, or or you don't care, and what you're going to do, and how long you need, and then that's it. Uh, We're going to use this to gauge interest and see how many people, how long this is going to go, what we need to do to get it ready. Uh, we think we're going to use the Zoom or Zoom-like software to have a big, uh, good time with everybody showing off what they're working on, showing off their game room, whatever you want to do. I know Curtis said they want to talk. They want to talk about some uh, a Coco thing. Sure, no problem. This is International Computer Club. Any computer, any console, go crazy. We're we're going to have a good time. Uh, so if you're interested, pop over to the Discord International Computer Club and sign yourself up. And and this is open for anyone to come uh watch when it happens. So you don't have to be a member of our Discord if you just want to come and join the live chat as we're yeah, filming. and this it thing. will be
0: streamed right here on Twitch. That's right.
2: Uh Bo, a shout out
0: to our new social media expert. Give him some love here that's right we want to welcome Duncan Styles to the team of uh, he has taken over for us as our social media Czar uh, if you follow us on Facebook or on reddit or everywhere but Twitter I'm still doing the Twitter but uh, but he has been knocking it out of the park we, uh, you know when I'd post stuff on there we might get 10 or 20 people looking at it mostly thumbs down when dunk posts a video thousands of people just hailing his name from around the world so thank you so much Duncan
2: I, I appreciate you Duncan and you know, uh uh social media not I'm not my strong point boat. Once Google Plus went under it was
0: i was toast. And I saw you tweet that picture of that barbed wire match today. People love that sort of stuff. Did you, you. Hey,
2: you gotta admit, that's something you've never seen before, isn't it?
0: That's true. Enough said. I don't I hope I never see it again. Oh no, come on, boat. Anyway, thanks, Dunk. Last week, Aaron, nobody got the Patreon song. Okay. uh uh-huh. Now I'm not surprised. That disappointed that, me. Though. It was it was the Kinko Man soy sauce song. Are you aware of the Kinko Man Soy Sauce song? I Show I'm not. Me Show You Kinko Man. This was very popular in the early Flash internet days. Okay. I don't know if this was a real commercial or not. I'll post it on the Discord later on. Uh, but I was hopeful that somebody would remember it, but nobody did. Yeah. So you, o for oh you, you your on tastes are obscure song. and wrong, but Yeah. Uh, We did get a new Patreon supporter this week. So we'd like to give a special welcome to Frag Lord number 6620. Frag Lord. With that many numbers (laughs) behind you, you know you're tough. That's right. Good Lord. Thank you, Frag. If you know the name of this week's Patreon song, send me an email at John at amigospodcast.com and I will announce you as a winner on next week's show. Frag Lord
1: 6620. Cello code marked by little Love Hope Hermsky Jonah A.K., Samuel Jeremy Ethan Little Alien Breeder Dave Velociraptor, Raptor Cowbird Boy Joe Fuchs Lane and Son Luke Hudson. Gunk. John Cook, Bomb the Bass Roche, Frodo in a Soul in Tech Mage, Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorglub, Commodore Kid, Reflection, Simon Lech, Cap and Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine. Gary, Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster Minator, Ten Minute, Amiga, Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle, Rob O'Hara, Matthew, Lara, Moore, Andy, Craig, Sean, Barkbid. Roland Burke, Andrew Monk, show the zombie. Leif Kelland, Alan K Bob, Checo Taylor, Lord John Marshall. Matthew Pale, and Ricky DeRosha. Creepy Dead Bortegie CTZ Stefan Sorgon, Mortensen, Evan Helen Blendo 75. Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Dreamcatcher. Lauren, Giroux, Graham, K, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retroid Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Bossman, Hangtime, Duncan Stiles, taste from the crib, Josh Nann, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rullo, THT, Eric Nelson. Kim Tommy Hubuchstadt, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles Jason Wands, Pixels at dawn. and Kjell Bjorn
2: Barman. You know that was hideous, of course, but that's the first one you've done for months that I knew. <laughs> so you and I got that one.
0: All right, well, I'm glad
2: I'm I glad tell somebody your operation did. was affecting you in an adverse way.
0: <laughs> Next week, Aaron, we're gonna play a game, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> Is AGA only.
2: Yes. Oh, man. I can you see those gradients gold. now. You
0: know it's gold. Those gradients and those out-of-control, uh, you know, memory expectations. Let's hope
2: there's some Euro trash dance music in there, too, Boat.
0: We can only hope. Roadkill. Roadkill Ooh. is the name of the game. Okay. This was suggested by Amigos Game Selection Committee member, Bossman,
2: All Is there a non-AGA
0: version of that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know right if there now. is or there's not.
2: There's, but
0: i uh, hope you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. We will be playing it next week no matter what. <laughs> and uh, we will see you then on next week's Amigos. We'll see you guys next time. Until then. Adios. Adios. All right. And we'll stop Zencaster.
2: Yes. Yes. AGA.